0: to another little episode of Half Hour with Astor Theatre Company. Y'all, I am here today with an amazing artist and a dear friend of mine, someone who can make me laugh, 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 um, and has the audacity to be crazy talented and just an amazing human being. Um, My friend, the one and only Raven Thomas. What's up, Raven?
1: Oh my gosh, that was so sweet.
0: (laughs) It's all true. It's all true. Um, What have you been up to? How are you?
1: I've been doing good. I've been doing good. I'm up to a lot of little individual projects, doing a little bit here, doing a little bit there, and just trying to not plan anything, but also have things to do. (laughs)
0: sure yeah it's like this weird nebulous of like I need to be doing something but I can't plan very far in advance so walking that tightrope has been definitely a, a little bit of a challenge for me at least
1: yeah yeah it's I go back and forth with being like oh I should really like have more things to do today and then the other side of that is you know I should just take this time and relax and learn more about myself and what do I like to do what do I like to create? And so it's it's been good.
0: Yeah, that's, I think, the gift of all this time, for sure. I keep saying that when I'm talking to people, but like, you know, this gift of time is something we would never have, unless Miss Rona forced us all to hit the big pause button on our (laughs) life, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I'm staying with my parents, and I would have never gotten this time to be with them for the holidays, and Thanksgiving, and Christmas, and you know, getting to see my family as much as I can and staying safe and everything, but it's it's been really great to be back home.
0: Good. That's awesome. So, Raven, where where are you from? And and when did you start getting into the the art scene?
1: Yeah. So I'm from a small town called Oxford, Ohio. Well, I was born in Columbus, but I moved my family moved to Oxford when I was about four. So I've lived here all my life in the same house. And I got started doing theater when I was 12, but I've been singing my entire life. (laughs) Really? Yes, I would do shows on the fireplace. I would give performances of the parent trap um, and every (laughs) single word. And yeah, everywhere I was going, I was singing on the playground. I was singing in a giant big orange construction cone to the people at recess. (laughs) I formed a Cheetah Girls group. Out of Catholic school.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, you did. And you charged a fierce rate, I bet, (laughs) for performance. That's fantastic. Uh, Is anyone in your family like artistic or musically inclined?
1: My cousin actually is at CCM right now for music education. He's super, uber talented. He plays the piano, he plays um, the xylophone, he plays the drums, he plays, his brother plays the saxophone um so music has been in my family my both my grandpa's actually played piano I do not have the skill um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's in there somewhere I think my dad like I always try to
0: find (laughs) (laughs) I always try to ask people or like find in the lineage like if there's any music or artistic and it seems like there's I talked about this too but there's either like a Von Trapp thing going on where like the whole family does it Or the other one is like, maybe there's one or two, but they're kind of removed. So I think it's interesting how it like kind of flows in and out of the blood.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely there somewhere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you started doing theater stuff when you were 12. What was that like? Like where was it in Ohio as well?
1: Yeah, it was in Ohio. It was an hour away from where I lived. So my awesome mother, supportive, lovely mother, would drive me there and back um, whenever I had rehearsals, which were pretty much every day, along with the voice lessons and the dance lessons. And Mm -hmm. yeah, the first show I did was at Children's Theater of Mason. And uh, it was like a dream experience, just like remembering it. It was Beauty and the Beast. I was Mrs. Potts. And I just, I'll never forget the community coming up to me afterwards and being like, we've never seen you in a show before like are you new you're so talented and it was just like I, I was bitten by the theater bug then
0: mm. <laughs> yeah that's a so was this like an ongoing sort of community theater for I guess for like youth program yeah. And this was like maybe your first step into that
1: yeah so it was well known with the with the other kids that were doing the show but to me mm-hmm. it was new um and there are a lot of theaters in Cincinnati, actually. I worked at um, Kings Island, which is an amusement park for six summers, which was so wonderful. I got some great training from there. Um, mm-hmm. So I did Kings
0: Island. Those amusement park shows are no joke. I mean, you're doing like, I assume like the ones where you're doing like a one hour concert, like five times a day.
1: 30 minutes, five t- four times a day, six days a week. At inside outside no no dressers to help you get out of your costumes no uh hair and makeup or hair people no wig people you had to do it yourself it was but it was so fun it was like my summer job I started when I was right. 15 and it was just awesome <laughs>
0: that's fantastic that it really is good training also like stamina wise like in terms of like Pacing yourself vocally and figuring out, you know, how, when to, when to hold back and when to give, that's uh, really invaluable for that age, I think.
1: And it got me used to doing the same thing for a long amount of time, like Broadway, like with Hamilton, I've been doing the show for three years. So doing this mm-hmm. same show for three years, you know, some people would be like, oh, it's time for me to move on. And I respect that. But like, I'm used to doing the same thing for such a long time. So it yeah. helped in that regard, too.
0: Does it help having, because uh, in your track currently, are you understudying or are you standing by? I can't keep track. You've you've moved around so much.
1: I know, I know. So usually I was on stage cast and understudying the three sisters. Now when I go back to LA, I'll be off stage and still covering my ensemble track, but also still covering the sisters. So it's pretty much the same thing, but I don't have to do the show every night, eight shows a week.
0: Oh, uh, cool. So do you feel like something that keeps you interested um, or like maybe keeps it fresh is this like little thing in the back of your mind of like, oh, I could be doing this or I could be doing this or. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. And like being blessed enough to be in three different companies and like getting different burrs, getting different Hamiltons, getting different ensemble members to like play with every night. It, yeah, it, it's it's great. It makes it it makes it fun and different
0: yeah what was your experience like when you first joined the company
1: like i was a fan of the show
0: i mean how could you not be right (laughs) Right. i
1: I don't understand but i was a super mega fan so i already knew all the words so getting to be in it was when i say a dream come true It was a dream come true. I had never had a dream to be on Broadway, but I had a dream to be in Hamilton. And Mm. I mean, you know, you saw my senior showcase. I sang it for senior showcase. I was struggling to find material that I really wanted to show um, for that opportunity. And when the soundtrack came out my senior year and I heard Satisfied, I was like, well, here it is. That's
0: fantastic. So why do you feel like you were struggling to find material? Like, you want to dive into that a little bit? Like, what that... Because sometimes I feel like there's this thing where we're forced to sort of sell our entire education and, you know, being as a human on like, you know, a minute of material. And that can be daunting. Yeah. But I feel like maybe there's something, some other nuance that you have in your sort of experience there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just... I I joined musical theater because I loved to sing and then like I said with that first show I saw the effect that my singing had on the community and the different audiences and the children and the the old people that came to see the show and how my voice and my portrayal of that character touched them and when I went to school for musical theater, it was a little different. I kind of, I, it became not so much a hobby, it became kind of like my work. And mm. with that aspect, it was a little hard to find something I really enjoyed singing, but also I felt showed me in a way. You know, I sang, I sang Satisfied and I sang Dancing in the Streets and from Motown. And I sang Dancing in the Streets because I sang it all the time at King's Island. I sang it two summers in a row at King's Island. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I could sing it. I wanted it to be some, I wanted my choices to be something where I felt like even with the nerves, I could perform well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I also, I didn't wanna, I wanted to sing something different. Like I didn't wanna sing something that people had heard at a showcase before and there's this thing like with showcase sometimes that your faculty members kind of really influence your decisions and aubrey bubba he i don't i don't know if he knew what hamilton was or had heard it when it dropped um but when i said i was going to bring this in he was a little like he was a little like okay well Mm -hmm. and after he heard me sing it he was like approved <laughs> <laughs> so it was that's great it just felt like the right thing to do yeah
0: yeah so then once you once you got the job and you joined the company and that was a was that the first tour
1: yeah I the first national tour yeah
0: that's amazing what was that experience like joining that company i guess your first like national tour but also to have that be like this show you know this mega show
1: that company those people that i worked with on stage and off stage they were there i don't i they were some of the best performers that i've ever ever had the honor of working with and i think it was because we built it together you know we had andy we had lack we had tommy we had um the the creative team right there molding the show to this body of people. And I mean, Josh Henry, Isaiah, Johnson, Amber Amon, Emmy Raver-Lampman, Solea Pfeiffer. Like it was just like-
0: All stars.
1: And just beautiful human beings. And getting to build that show with them was so special and I mean, it's also where I met my boyfriend and it was just, it's, it it, it holds a special place in my heart. Like I've been to other companies and they've all been great beyond belief. Great to work with. But this, that Angelica tour was just something so special. Yeah. And it was the first tour that people not only in New York got to see the show. We got to go to these, we got to go to the West coast. We got to stay in LA and San Francisco and then bring it to Denver, bring it to St. Louis and bring it to Houston and bring it to like the rest of America. And Mm -hmm. that show being about the building of America, the founding and the building of America, it was just so great to be able to be a part of the first company to bring it to the United States.
0: Yeah, places that aren't New York, and like make it a little more accessible to the rest of the the nation. I th- that's that must have been such a gift, and like a rush to see how different parts of the nation like responded to yeah, the show. Yeah,
1: like the different you audiences. Know. Awesome.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Um. And what was it like to step into these roles, like as an understudy, and also like pretty young? How old were you when you joined the company?
1: Twenty-two.
0: Yeah, that's pretty young.
1: Yeah. It, I never, yeah, it was. I never really thought about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was daunting. It was daunting. Just it's, because also. That, I,
0: that material is hard, yeah. is hard. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's very hard. Um, and that, the, the portrayal, the acting that you have to bring to it for Eliza and Mariah is, is, is deep. So. Um, and Angelica, I mean, even though I feel like Angelica fits me as Raven, so Eliza and Peggy Mariah are a little, a little tweak of an adjustment for me a little bit. But mm. it was, it was daunting. But I mean, I had the support of people. Like I had a chance to work with Lack after my third or fourth uh, time being Eliza, and he gave me great notes. And the thing I love about Alex Lacombe is that he he doesn't want you to sound like anyone else. He wants you to sound like you first and foremost. And mm. then he, he plays with you. He plays with your voice. He takes the time to be like, oh, you know what? Let's see if this riff works or let's make up a different riff or a different run. And, oh, can you modify that vowel? And he, I feel like he really helped me find that Eliza for me, for Raven. Yeah. Um, but it was it was daunting but i had a great team hannah ryan my wonderful director who i also got to work with on broadway she was awesome the conversations we'd have about the characters and um how to how to incorporate a little bit of raven into these three women that i play i just had a great team i had a great team
0: yeah uh, yeah i think that's fantastic and and um... Amazing to be able to bring part of you and what you know your vessel to these already very well known roles. And I imagine it could be daunting to be like, oh, I don't sound this way, especially when you're covering three different parts played by three different amazing, originated by three different amazing women, but with three very different voices. Yeah. I imagine that can be like a daunting thing of like. How do I make myself in a healthy way, a right. sustainable way, right. you know, accessible to these three different parts?
1: Like, I would love to hear Philippa sing Angelica and hear Renee Scoldsbury sing Eliza. Like, that would be so fun to me. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's like and having to be that one person who does it all. It's like I throw a little bit of Philippa in there sometimes just because I admire her. And I throw a little bit of Jasmine Safis Jones in there just because I admire what she brings, but I also bring myself to it. So yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Um, so what was what was your life looking like right before uh the pandemic, pre-panny, as we say? Um, and then how did Corona sort of uh alter that?
1: Yeah, so I was we were about to preview and i was gonna be peggy mariah for the first preview in los angeles and nope <laughs> so we were about did
0: to, you like, find out like the day of or I the mean, day before i had
1: been keeping up with the news so i had a, uh, I i had called it before it was officially called but you know i think we all kind of knew after things started shutting down that we would be You know coming up Um, right but i had we had just moved to los angeles the whole company had just moved there had like a week i can't really remember a week or so of rehearsals in the space at the pantages and then yeah it it was done
0: that is so wild i isn't it crazy to remember that time like when we first started hearing about this thing like overseas and we're like "Mm, it's probably nothing but I remember like a couple of weeks in, I was like, let me subscribe to the CDC newsletter just in case shit hits the fan.
1: I had saw in December that on NPR, shout out to NPR, love them. I saw that they, they had a story um, that was covering um, China and that they were making these hospitals. It was in December that they were making these giant hospitals in like three, five days. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So I had a little bit of a, you know, I kind of, I kind of stuck with that story. And I was like, let me follow this and see where it's going. So I had kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. known a little sooner on that it might have gotten bad. Of course, I could not have predicted this, but it just, it's, yeah, it's been pretty crazy.
0: So then you're in LA, the show is, was it like canceled for months from the top or were they like, we'll come back in a week?
1: Yeah, I think I think they were trying to just be cautious. Um, I can't mm-hmm. really remember. I think some people thought, you know, oh, this will just be, you know, two weeks, three weeks, like vacation. Um, but like I said, I had been keeping up with it and I was like, you guys, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah um but then it just kept getting more and more delayed and yeah it 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 just kept going further and further into the.
0: so then you're just like in LA in this sort of like limbo of like do I stay or do I go now
1: yeah well actually we I just got when I heard about how it could affect um older older people more than younger people I just immediately my both my boyfriend and I's thoughts went to our parents. And so I just I just wanted to, and I, my parents work on a college campus. They'll be seeing children or not children, but young adults all the time. <laughs>
0: children. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I was just like, oh my gosh, I need to get back to them and make sure that they're safe. So that was my first instinct. And that's why I'm here, you know, to just make dinners for them and, encourage them to go on walks and you know be here because like I said I I don't get I didn't get to spend a lot of time with my family while working these past three years and so that was really important to both me and Jeffrey
0: that's amazing and to be able to have this time to be with them I'm sure they're loving it I'm sure they're in heaven right now
1: (laughs) they are I will say for them they they do say quite often that they enjoy me being here so that's nice
0: they've i mean what parent wouldn't and they've been able to see you in the show a few times i assume right
1: oh a few times my dad has gone maybe 25 times
0: (laughs) Oh my!
1: and brought an entourage every time (laughs) he's
0: he's a mega fan
1: he is a mega he's a mega fan he tells really corny jokes which are awesome (laughs) about the show he'll you know throw a line in when it's when it's convenient it's fun
0: i i must recount my experiencing the show which was in uh we saw you go on for angelica in washington dc um we biked there from a happy hour beforehand and we're very sweaty this is in july i think it was, it was summer it was hot baby <laughs> uh this is not a good idea <laughs> should have have taken an uber my friend ari was biking in full high heels um (laughs) (laughs) but i was just so blown away by how uh, for lack of better word just like easy that it seemed for you how comfortable you seemed up there how just like right that it all felt um I was blown away by that and also I must say we were obviously screaming the whole show and the older people around us who paid a lot of money for their t- I mean we paid a decent amount of money too were not very happy with us and
1: uh, <laughs> I I'll, say they-
0: <laughs> I'll say that they turned around a few times and we were like our friend is making her dreams come true up there you can turn the fuck around <laughs> But then I remember going backstage and everyone, like, people in the cast were like, thank you for being loud. Like, what is it like to perform to, like, people who maybe, I don't know, maybe somewhere in the middle aren't screaming at the top of their lungs, but are maybe, like, kind of quieter and a very high-energy show? We should what do pretty-
1: to an edgy ham. Because oh. those edgehams, man, it's like y'all, but time's everyone <laughs>
0: yes what do you guys like prefer on stage do you prefer like people like vocally responding like what I mean it probably differs from person to person but exactly. what helps you the most or what's the most interesting for y'all
1: so since I I don't want to speak for everyone in the cast I know some people they're like it's theater we should be respectful and I respect that for sure maybe because I grew up doing theme park and use. I'm used to having people scream at me you know all the time. <laughs> I love it when the audience is vocal, engaged. Um, I mean, just for me at my first Hamilton, I got tickets to the lottery. And so that means you sit front row at the Richard Rogers. I had the front row seat in the center and I was jamming, jamming, mm-hmm. jamming. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this was before I knew I was gonna be in the show. So I was just a fan. And I went backstage and Christopher Jackson was like, well, you enjoyed the show. <laughs> I was like, I did, I enjoyed you so much. I enjoyed the show, I love the show. Um, so I like audience participation. I like to tell that they're there, you know? What, that's, that's the point of the audience. In, in old times, they would throw things at you. They would scream all the time. So, you know, if we want to get to the true theater, darling, mm, that's, that's mm-hmm. what we should all expect.
0: <laughs> totally. I also feel like there's also, there's always going to be the people who are like sort of silent with their lace gloves folded in their lap. And, and it's like, yes, exactly. And I don't know, maybe it's the rebel in me that's like, you know, what else can the audience look like? How do we diversify what the audience looks like and their reaction? Because, you know, you can learn as much from your fellow audience as you can from the people on stage. If someone's sitting next to you or behind you who doesn't look like you and they laugh at something else for one second you're kind of forced to consider their perspective on why they think that's funny or why they responding to something and suddenly you can learn from the people around you just as much as you can from the people on stage you know what I'm saying I
1: love that I've never thought about that yeah yeah It's important yeah. to have different type of people in the audience and that's the great thing about Hamilton they they you know, certain, sometimes the audience can look a certain way, but like at those edge of hams or the events that we get to do where the audience doesn't look like the people that can afford, you know, the tickets. Um, It's, it's, those shows are really special. Like I said, those kids and getting to perform for them and them just getting to just also express, like as a person on stage, you get to express so much. It's like, I've never thought about audience being able to express as well and yeah what you said was was beautiful I love those types of audiences that I can interact with because I totally. might do something that I don't know is funny and it gets a laugh one time and I'll be like oh I'm gonna put that in there from now on or gonna try right. it, again if, if <laughs> right. it gets a laugh again it's fun
0: I think that's part of like consuming art in general whether people realize it or not it's like we kind of do it to like have to express like to have cathartic moments whether that's like to laugh or cry or just to like be forced to think about something whether you're thinking about it or not that's like a big part of why we enjoy losing ourselves in a piece of art you know because we get to like express parts of ourselves or emotions that are bottled up that maybe we don't get to on a normal day-to-day basis you know
1: yeah like I've never I've never um Gone through something like Eliza has gone through with the death of her son, and getting to act that on stage is at first I was just terrified of it. I thought I would be dramatic and like no one would believe me. It wouldn't seem believable. And then I just kind of looked into the eyes of whoever is playing Lawrence Philip and Hamilton, and go off of like what they're giving me. And if you just put yourself in the situation, you know, it's it. it It becomes kind of real and like you said getting to express that emotion i've never been i've never been able to express that but every time i get to do it it feels like such a great release after the show like it takes a lot Mm. out of you but it also is like it's it's something wonderful and kind of magical because like i mean something you have never felt before it's like
0: yeah i don't know who it is but there's this one acting instructor whose book i've read (laughs) (laughs) One of them, um, who talks about just like, like part of like honing your skill as an actor is just like allow yourself to be like a vessel for whatever like spirits or feelings are passing through in that moment, and just like living and breathing truthfully in those circumstances is kind of a gift in itself to sort of be able to experience these things and pretend without you know actually having to go through something like that and being able to empathize with the people you're playing.
1: Yeah, and being able to play these women in a time where these women, well, since they were a rich family, they might've had more voice than other women in that time period. But like getting able to play these women to like thousands of people every night that maybe no one else would have known their story. And now they're like kind of icons in a way to like a lot of these little girls and little boys who see these shows and, and adults. You know, they're, I mean, they're special to me. And I would have never known who the Schuyler sisters were without being able to play them and without the mind of Lin-Manuel and all the other people that created what is now Hamilton.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. So what is um, something that you would like to do after the pandemic? Um, what do you think that holds for you and your artistic journey? And is there anything that you've experienced or that we've learned as a culture during the pandemic that you hope is different in the arts once we were able to gather again?
1: Yeah, well, I think more than the arts if I may expand that question. Please. I feel like the whole country and dare I say the whole world is kind of going through this change right now. Um, I can't really say what the change is. I think internet and um, social media is allowing us to connect in ways that we've never been able to connect before and is allowing us to see things that are happening right in our own backyard or across the seas that we would have maybe not paid as much attention to um, if it wasn't so accessible to us. So I think that accessibility and, and representation is something I'd like to dive into more, I know that the arts right now is really trying to expand the representation of BIPOC um, artists, carpenters, um, local one organizations, you know, people on stage and off and trying to get just open, open up the doors to people who might not know what theater is or might not know that they're good at writing songs or might not know that they're good at building sets or might not know that they're fantastic at putting together beautiful costumes. Um, And I think that if we can expand accessibility and expand representation to all different areas of the arts, all different areas of the world, you know, I think it would really be, uh, but I, I hate to sound so cliche but a better a better world a better place um, that's
0: not cliche at all <laughs> i think that's that's amazing
1: yeah yeah cuz you know that's and the thing about edgeham's like that i love so much we we get to show kids that might not know what musical theater is something that they can see themselves doing by having mm. representation of different types of people on stage you know that little boy that little girl might that little kid might know that you know they can do that one day or they might be interested in it and then find that they're great at doing lights or microphones and we need all of those things to make the whole and I think we're realizing that it's not just like one thing it's like lots of different things combined that makes the thing so magical, and not just theater, but like, the world. I'm getting very
0: <laughs> No, no, I think it, I think like the theater, like what you're talking about in, in the theater is a microcosm of the whole world. And if we can apply those, those principles and make those parallels to, you know, helping folks have access to the resources they need in just society, you know? Yeah. That's fantastic. And what about for you personally?
1: For me, I'm kind of this type of weird person that likes to do a bunch of different things. Like, you know me. (laughs) I was a chambermaid at Quisasana and I love to clean and I love cleaning (laughs) the cabins and being like off the grid and swimming in the lake and, you Mm. know, just. So, but I also love doing theater. I also love being in nature. I'm, I'm I'm interested in becoming a farmer, I'm interested and becoming a general contractor and building, building houses and fixing houses. And I don't know, I think, I think I like to do a lot of different things. And I think that now with the benefit of technology is that you can kind of learn lots of different things and add them all to your toolbox. You know, like I used to do Habitat for Humanity and I used to build sets in, uh, for my high school drama club. And I used to love working with tools. And, you know, when I go back to my company, I might be like, hey, can I shadow the person who does, like, who fixes the set or the prop, the prop master, or, you know, see what it's like to do different aspects of the thing I already know so well. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of up in the air. You know, I love theater. I'd love to get into television and movies, but I also love doing trades and learning, you know, I might want to learn how to be a woodworker. (laughs)
0: Yeah, why not you know
1: yeah yeah
0: that's amazing um really just a jack of all trades you are raven um wow i can't believe it's already been 30 minutes Um, oh my goodness (laughs) no well thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us we really really appreciate it i miss you so much it was so good to catch up with you
1: yeah you too thanks for being Um, interested and asking me to do that
0: of course well (laughs) let's catch up again soon okay thanks so much for your time
1: yeah thank you taylor
0: bye bye